You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 326. We're continuing in the book of Ezekiel. We're taking a grand tour through the new temple. Hey, this was HGTV back in the ancient times. And today we get to see the holy place and the most holy place. And then we will explore the different rooms for the priests. And then there is another building by the temple. And then we'll see the outer courtyard. And this celestial tour guide with the ruler has a few more things to say. We're also continuing in the New Testament. And we are beginning the book of 1 Peter. I'll be giving a more detailed introduction later in this episode. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. Ezekiel 41, the holy place of the temple. Then the man led me into the holy place. He measured the walls on each side of the room. The side walls were three meters thick on each side. The door was five meters wide. The sides of the doorway were 2.5 meters on each side. He measured that room. It was 20 meters long and 10 meters wide the most holy place in the temple. Then the man went into the last room. He measured the walls on each side of the doorway. Each side wall was one meter thick and 3.5 meters wide. The doorway was three meters wide. Then he measured the length of the room. It was 10 meters long and 10 meters wide. He said to me, this is the most holy place. Other rooms around the temple. Then the man measured the wall of the temple. It was three meters thick. There were side rooms all around the temple. They were two meters wide. The side rooms were on three different floors, one above the other. There were 30 rooms on each floor. The wood beams that held up these side rooms rested on ledges built out from the temple wall, so they were not fastened to the temple wall itself. Each floor of the side rooms around the temple was wider than the floor below. The walls of the rooms around the temple became narrower the higher they went, so that the rooms on the top floors were wider. A stairway went up from the lowest floor to the highest floor through the middle floor. I also saw that the temple had a raised base all the way around it. It was the foundation for the side rooms, and it was three meters high. The outer wall of the side rooms was 2.5 meters thick. There was an open area between the side rooms of the temple and the priest's rooms. It was 10 meters wide and went all the way around the temple. The doors of the side rooms opened onto the raised base. There was one entrance on the north side and one entrance on the south side. The raised base was 2.5 meters wide all around. There was a building in this area west of the temple. The building was 35 meters wide and 45 meters long. The wall of the building was 2.5 meters thick all around. Then the man measured the temple. The temple was 50 meters long, and the other building and its walls was also 50 meters long. The courtyard on the east side in front of the temple was 50 meters long. 
The man measured the length of the building at the rear of the temple. It was 50 meters from one wall to the other. The most holy place, the holy place and the porch by the courtyard had wood paneling on all the walls. All the openings in the walls and the doorways had wood trim around them. By the doorway, the temple had wood paneling from the floor up to the openings in the walls and up to the part of the wall over the doorway. On all the walls in the inner room and the outer room of the temple were carvings of winged creatures and palm trees. A palm tree was between each winged creature, and each one had two faces. One face was a man's face looking towards the palm tree on one side. The other face was a lion's face looking towards the palm tree on the other side. They were carved all around on the temple walls, from the floor to the area above the door. Winged creatures and palm trees were carved on all walls of the holy place. The doorposts on each side of the holy place were square. In front of the most holy place there was something that looked like an altar made from wood. It was 1.5 meters high and 1 meter long. Its corners, its base, and its sides were wood. The man said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. Both the holy place and the most holy place had a double door. Each of the doors was made from two smaller doors. Each door was really two swinging doors. Also, winged creatures and palm trees were carved on the doors of the holy place. They were like those carved on the walls. There was a wooden roof over the front of the porch. There were openings in the walls with frames around them and palm trees on the walls on both sides of the porch on the roof over the porch, and on the rooms around the temple. Ezekiel 42, Rooms for the Priests Then the man led me through the north gate, out into the outer courtyard. He led me to a building with many rooms that was west of the building on the north side. This building was 50 meters long and 25 meters wide. People entered it from the courtyard on the north side. The building was three stories tall and had balconies. The 10-meter inner courtyard was between the building and the temple. On the other side, the rooms faced the stone pavement of the outer courtyard. There was a path five meters wide and 50 meters long running along the south side of the building, even though the entrance was on the north side. Since this building was three stories tall and did not have pillars like those pillars of the outer courtyards, the top rooms were farther back than the rooms in the middle and bottom floors. The top floor was narrower than the middle floor, which was narrower than the bottom floor because the balconies used this space. There was a wall outside that was parallel to the rooms and ran along the outer courtyard. It ran in front of the rooms for 25 meters. The row of rooms that ran along the outer courtyard was 25 meters long, although the total length of the building as on the temple side, was 50 meters long. The entrance was below these rooms at the east end of the building, so that people could enter from the outer courtyard. The entrance was at the start of the wall beside the courtyard. There were rooms on the south side, by the other building. These rooms had a path in front of them. They were like the rooms on the north side. They had the same length and width and the same kind of doors. The entrance to the lower rooms was at the east end of the building, so that people could enter from the open end of the path by the wall. The man said to me, 
The north rooms and south rooms, across from the courtyard, are whole. These rooms are for the priests, who offer the sacrifices to the Lord. That is where the priests will put the most holy offerings and will eat them. That is because that place is holy. The most holy offerings are the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings. The priests who enter the holy area must leave their serving clothes there before they go out into the outer courtyard, because these clothes are holy. If a priest wants to go to the part of the temple where the other people are, he must put on other clothes first. The Outer Courtyard The man had finished measuring inside the temple area. Then he brought me out through the east gate and measured all around that area. He measured the east side with the measuring stick. It was 250 meters long. He measured the north side. It was 250 meters long. He measured the south side. It was 250 meters long. He went around to the west side and measured it. It was 250 meters long. He measured the four sides of the walls that went all the way around the temple. The wall was 250 meters long and 250 meters wide. It separated the holy area from the area that is not holy. First Peter, an introduction. How should believers respond when they suffer for following Jesus? That is the main question Peter wants to answer in this letter. He writes to help followers of Jesus in the areas of northern and western Asia Minor, or modern Turkey. Peter encourages these believers to live good lives even when their neighbors mistreat them. He urges them to be faithful to God. He tells them to put their hope in God to save them from these hard times. Peter says in this letter that he is in Babylon. Most people think that Babylon is a code name for Rome. Perhaps Peter avoids naming Rome because the Roman government was looking at both Jews and Christians more and more as enemies. Peter's readers were already suffering persecution from angry family members, old friends, neighbors, and authorities. Peter is preparing the believers for difficult times to come, but he is also urging them to be strong and faithful in the present time. This letter reminds the believers of everything that God has done for them through Jesus the Christ, God's chosen king. God has given them new life, so they should be as hungry for spiritual food as babies are for their mother's milk. Peter wants them to grow up and grow strong, changing to a different image. Peter says believers are like living stones that the Lord is using to build a temple. There they serve like priests, offering their lives as pleasing sacrifices to God. Believers must be willing to suffer, but not for doing wrong. And if they suffer for doing good, they should be happy. By doing this, they will be following Jesus' example. But Peter also tells them that they do not have to suffer alone. They have the support of other followers of Jesus. And they should always help each other in the ways God has gifted them to serve. Also, suffering with Christ is an honor and can be a source of strength for believers. They can be sure that their suffering means that God's Spirit is with them. Peter tells believers to live in a way that brings honor to God. They should serve quietly in their homes and in their communities. 
men, women, children, and slaves should do their normal duties. Believers should continue to follow the rules of society so that their message about Jesus will be well received. Near the end of the letter, Peter writes that the leaders of God's people should continue to lead their churches, even if they suffer. Peter knew that these leaders would have to suffer greatly, but he also knew that God would support them and keep them from failing. The book of 1 Peter encourages believers to live good lives, even when they are being persecuted, to follow Jesus' example in suffering, to suffer for doing good but not for doing wrong, to be strong even when obeying Christ is difficult, to help one another in the ways God has gifted them to serve. And finally, to work together with the humble leaders of God's churches. Let's get started. 1 Peter chapter 1 Greetings from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's chosen people who are viewed as foreigners in the places where you are scattered, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father planned long ago to choose you and to make you his holy people, which is the Spirit's work. God wanted you to obey him and to become part of his people by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will enjoy more and more of God's grace and peace. A Living Hope Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God has great mercy, and because of his mercy, he gave us a new life. This new life brings us a living hope through Jesus Christ's resurrection from death. Now we wait to receive the blessings God has for his children. He is keeping these blessings for you in heaven. There they cannot be ruined or be destroyed or lose their beauty. God's power protects you through your faith and it keeps you safe until your salvation comes. That salvation is ready to be given to you at the end of time. I know that the thought of that is exciting, even if you must suffer through different kinds of troubles for a short time now. These troubles test your faith and prove that it is real. This is like using fire to prove that gold is real. But even real gold can be destroyed. So faith is worth more than gold. When your faith is shown to be real, the result will be praise and glory and honor from God when Jesus Christ comes. You have not seen Christ, but still you love him. You can't see him now, but you believe in him. So you are filled with the wonderful and heavenly joy that cannot be described. Your faith has a goal, and you are reaching that goal, your salvation. The prophets studied carefully and tried to learn about this salvation. They spoke about the grace that was coming to you. The Spirit of Christ was in those prophets, and the Spirit was telling about the suffering that Christ would have and about the glory that would come after that suffering. The prophets tried to learn about what the Spirit was showing them when it would happen and what the world would be like at that time. It was made clear to them but their service was not for themselves. They were serving you when they told people about the things you have now heard. You heard them from those who told you the good news with the help of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. 
even the angels would like very much to know more about these things you were told. A call to holy living. So prepare your minds for service with complete self-control. Put all your hope in the grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ comes. In the past, you did not have the understanding you have now, so you did the evil things you wanted to do. But now, you are children of God, so you should obey Him and not live the way you did before. Be holy in everything you do, just as God is holy. He is the one who chose you. In the scriptures, God says, Be holy, because I am holy. You pray to God and call him Father, but he will judge everyone the same way by what they do. So while you are visiting here on earth, you should live with respect for God. You know that in the past, the way you were living was useless. It was a way of life you learned from those who lived before you. But you were freed from that way of living. You were bought, but not with things that ruin like gold or silver. You were bought with the precious blood of Christ's death. He was a pure and perfect sacrificial lamb. Christ was chosen before the world was made, but he was shown to the world in these last times for you. You believe in God through Christ. God is the one who raised him from death and gave honor to him. So your faith and your hope are in God. You have made yourselves pure by obeying the truth. Now you can have true love for your brothers and sisters. So love each other deeply with all your heart. You have been born again. This new life did not come from something that dies. It came from something that cannot die. You were born again through God's life-giving message that lasts forever. The scriptures say, Our lives are like the grass of spring, and any glory we enjoy is like the beauty of a wild flower. The grass dries up and dies, and the flower falls to the ground, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. And that word is the good news that was told to you. Psalm 131, a song of David for going up to the temple. Lord, I don't feel proud. I don't see myself as better than others. I am not thinking about doing great things or reaching impossible goals. No, right now I am calm and quiet, like a child with its mother after nursing, like this satisfied child in my arms. Israel, Trust in the Lord. Trust in him now and forever. Thank you, everyone. That was day 326. Join us for day 327. We're continuing in the book of Ezekiel. The tour is over. But what happens when God shows up? What does he have to say to Ezekiel in person? What does God have to say about the temple and the altars of sacrifice? And in A Tale of Two Cities in chapter 42, we all know the Levites are the servants, the people who work the temple. But there are two groups. One are the regular Levites, and the other are Levites that are descended from Zadok. You'll have to join us to figure out which group actually gets the better deal, and that they get to see the Lord. 
Remember, he has that special room in the temple. But the other group, well, they're stuck doing all the chores and we'll never get to see him. And we'll continue in the book of 1 Peter. Just like the other Gospels, Peter warns us against false teachers. And no one is safe from God's wrath, not even the angels. And he brings out a bad example from the Old Testament, a guy named Balaam, and warns Christians not to be like him. So what exactly did he do? You'll have to join us to find out. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.